podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. guys, I'm Sai. Welcome to the Danny Button Fight Show, episode number 43. Tonight we are talking Fight Island 5 from Abu Dhabi, as well as uh, a little bit of news and a bit of this and a bit of that. Just myself and Danny today, but uh, you can watch the show every Wednesday at 8pm on youtube.com slash acepodcastnation. Uh, clips on social media and Facebook. Sometimes I put the full shows on Facebook as well, but generally youtube.com is slash ace podcast nation is where you can get all our shows first. You can also listen to the audio versions at your favorite radio and podcasting platform from Spotify to Apple Podcasts and many others. But uh, yes, today we're talking MMA and UFC. Joining me to do so is live from Abu Dhabi. Fight Island, it is ex-Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Batten. How goes it, my friend? Here I say, yeah, it's all good. Still in quarantine, fourth day, two days in London quarantining. And then we did the flight, which is always a pleasure to do the flight. There. It's an amazing experience. We go by that Etihad and it's... Uh, a, a chartered flight and the food is amazing and the food's amazing here actually um yeah it's really really good so although it's quarantine can be a little frustrating being stuck in and not being able to move around freely um it's made as comfortable as possible so not yeah, overall yeah. bad experience really no it's um being uh, treated like kings yeah the, the only issue i do have is that the person i'm sharing a room with who we've had on the podcast Denison sutherland Snores like a bloody bear. Snorer. Snorer. Oh, my God. They've seen the video honestly. you put up of him. Yeah. That's uh, quite something did, that is to share a room did, with. Jesus. Did you see the second video? Well, I only saw one. I don't know. Really look at the second, the second one. one. <laughs> I found a way of dealing with it. Smothered him. I embraced, I embraced it. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's quite something. Oh, it's a, one of the loudest snorers I've ever known, and... Uh, even if I put earplugs in, the room vibrates. <laughs> it's Jesus. Just, it's just not That's good. A, anyway, he, he, he slept quite a lot in. today. You, you would have seen it on the on the Facebook, which is uh, what, what you mentioned. And uh, he slept a lot today, so I'm hoping he don't sleep tonight so I can. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we got you, uh, you live via satellite from uh, UFC Fight Island ahead of uh, Modestus Bukaskash fighting next Saturday. Uh, all set for that fight, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Everything's been really smooth running um, in regards to his camp. Um, we did have an issue last time round. Um, he had like a, an effective burst on his knee that mm. inflamed somewhat and some people noticed it before he uh, went out to fight and uh, they saw it in the, the, you know, the pictures that they do in the short video clips that they do. Um, yeah. Yeah, he had a nasty knee situation going on 
but um, you know, he still managed to pull the win this time around. There's no such issues, which is really nice. Um, so yeah, yeah that's, I think unless you're his opponent. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Let's go and take those elbows. But yeah, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it, mate, because obviously, yeah, he made a very impressive debut. Unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, that maybe there was a bit of not controversy, but there was people moaning a bit about the, um, you know, the way it finished. I guess it was no, you know, it was no, um, there was no controversy around him winning. It was just yeah. the fact that the way it kind of finished maybe took the edge off a little bit. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, think bit, sometimes, I think you know, wrongly or rightly, there are some of some critics. Um, oh, regards yeah. Modestus uh, overall, but you know, he he can't help it. He's just trying to do what he did, and you know the the, the guy was concussed in some way. We saw him out the back, still stumbling about. So it's clearly yeah. an issue, um, you know, from those elbow strikes, and they were legal as much as there's 100%, a lot of. Hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah, but um, you know, it's in in the past now. The W's on the record. Nothing's going to change to remove that now. So. We just got to move forward, and move forward is what we've done, and we just got to try and get another win on the record now, which I feel confident of doing next weekend. Indeed, is he and on the main, main card or on the previous? He's on the main. Yeah, he's on the main yeah, card now. Also. Yeah, it's a big, big step up. I mean, um, Jimmy Crutes in top sixteen. Fighter. Yeah, he's he's got a good record. He's already established in the UFC, um, and he's well rounded. Uh, definitely a step up in competition, but. Modestus is ready for that, so yeah, let's 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 get this win and step up and up and up, and let's just go for it. It's what it's all about being in UFC. You got to be prepared to fight anyone. Yeah, spot on, mate. And I think um, you know Modestus has been kind of crying out for that. I mean, he wants he's wanted like that big name, that ranked fighter. Um, so you know, ranked number sixteen, couldn't have asked for much more, and it's just his second fight within yeah, the, yeah. the biggest company in the world. That's so, right. Um, you know, if he goes ahead and performs as he has done in the past, which you know I hope he does, it'll be uh, yeah. very interesting to see what they do next because it's clear, uh, much in the vein of you know of Jack, uh, that the UFC like him. He's he's an exciting fighter to watch for the neutrals. Um, he's exciting. His style is exciting as well, isn't it? With the yeah, elbows, well, with, you know, attacks, like, and... like like heavyweights can be a little bit ploddy, but you're you're seeing more and more now that some of these light heavyweights and even heavyweights now they're, they're, they're just a new breed and they're light on their feet they're, they're fighting more like lightweights and Modesto yes. is, is definitely one of those stylists he's very very light on his feet very acrobatic um, I don't think there really is anyone in that division that has footwork quite like his, he does um, and he can do it all day that's, that's the thing that kind of yeah. active footwork well, he's not like those light heavyweights in the early UFCs that where they were, like you say, very plodding, very yeah. uh, methodical and sure, uh, slow. Mm. And also, you know, they were gassed out in two, three minutes. Um, yeah. Which, you know, Modestus is super fit and a very exciting fighter to watch. So yeah. I look forward to uh, that, mate. But there's a couple of uh, ex very exciting fights on that card next week. Um, which we'll we'll touch on them at the end of the show, um, but the one which sticks out straight away is or Brian Ortega versus uh, uh, Korean Zombie. You know that's yeah. on paper it's just an absolute banger. We'll discuss that in uh, in a while. Um, 
just touch on some news bits. Darren Till has offered to fight uh, Chimaev. Uh, look, basically Darren Till said he's willing to put his title aspirations on hold to fight uh, Chimaev. I think I said this a couple of weeks back. I don't believe that's a great fight for Darren Till in terms of um, like what he gets out of it, like the positives and the negatives. I think the negatives far outweigh the positives for me. But yeah. then, I don't know, I guess, does if he was to lose convincingly as Chamaev has done to everyone he's faced so far, and some big names at that, including you know Welshman John Phillips and... Um, Someone, who was the last fighter that Chamayev beat recently? Uh, uh, I can't think of the guy's name. name. But the one punch. Yeah, <laughs> he just one punch. flattened him, didn't he? So, like, for Darren Till, if Darren Till gets flattened in a minute, I think that does uh, him a lot Ger more Gerald, damage because he's lost the last two fights. Yeah, was it Ger Gerald Mercer? Or, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, his second name. Uh, yeah. Mercer. Yeah, uh, Meshkurat, I think it is, and it? yeah. yeah, it's the Dutch sounding name. But like, yeah, so if Darren Till was to get flattened in like thirty seconds to a minute, or even in just in the first round, that does Darren Till a lot of damage because he's yeah. lost a couple of fights recently. Whereas, yeah. if Darren Till was to beat Chimaev, whether in a stoppage or on points, would that be worth the risk of fighting him at this yeah, point in time? I mean I'm just not 100% sure. The only way it makes decide. sense to me is is if in his mind, he, he's like looking at taking such a fight to put him back into relevance for a title shot very, a, very quickly. Yeah, to make a statement, I guess. Yeah, thing, or, or, and willing to take the risk of losing and possibly um, walking away from the sport. Uh, you know, it, I mean, again, we're just surmising here, but to make a decision and be so keen to fight such a potentially really dangerous adversary when you've already had a couple of losses on your record is to be a third one. Some big um, losses, mate, as well. Um, is yeah. the thing, isn't it? Like, yeah. the, he lost the title fight, didn't he? Which was obviously... Could have been... Uh, what's the word? You know, could have been his crowning glory that day and he got beaten convincingly. Look, Dan Till's an excellent fighter um, and up until that title fight... Everyone was talking about him as you know the British mm. fighter. Um, goes to show you a couple of losses can can make a big difference. However, on the other hand, if he was to beat Kamaev convincingly, that kind of puts his reputation right back up there again. So mm. I can see I can see why um, he's obviously still confident in his ability, um, yep. despite you know he discussed after his loss that he was maybe. Uh, wasn't not right mentally, but he was apprehensive coming into the fight, like he had never mm. been before. So you know, mm. I think um, there's a bit of you know, there's a bit of everything to it. I can see yeah. the benefits to both. Um, I just want to see Darren Till back to Darren Till at the end of the day. Yeah, I want to see him being him again. Yeah, because um, there are some interesting chops that would be intriguing fights. Yeah, yep. he's an exciting um, fighter to watch, mate, as well, you know? Yeah. But, yeah, let's just see. Uh, I don't think they are going to match that one up, though. I don't, no, I don't think, think they'll do it, yeah. I think, actually, Darren Till probably will get a title fight. Because um, he, didn't he fight at a different weight the last time? Uh, which wasn't mm, his normal weight so. class. Yeah. So, 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, where they go with Darren Till next. Uh, what else have we got news-wise? Um, staying on Chemayev, uh, Michael Chiesa said it's not good business to fight Chemayev at the moment. Uh, you know, I don't think it takes a, a rocket science to to uh, you know to work that one out at the moment. However, you know, if someone can stop him now. I think it's you know you're going to get the big a big rub from that from a, from a promotional point of view aren't you um but the thing which is making me laugh yeah to a certain extent is Ch everyone's building chamaya up as like this unbeatable monster mm. someone will beat him i'd be very surprised if he goes his whole career unbeaten someone will beat him and it's like do you back yourself to be that guy mm. at the end of the day um yeah I'm just not sure, mate. Um, who would you match him against next? Um, Leon Edwards. I think that would be a really good match. Be a good fight to watch. Yeah, yeah. Leon Edwards. I don't think he's been getting quite the attention he deserves. No, he has, I mean, absolutely is not. He's just been. He's been wrecking people. He's been looking better than ever, and he's really on a roll. Um, I'd say match him up with someone like that. Someone who's yeah, going to really take it to him. He's taken out. Takedown defence has been exemplary uh, of late, and his striking's clearly, clearly there. He's got all the power in the world, um, and he, he'll meet force on force a little bit. And I definitely think he'll take it beyond one round. Uh, we see more of Chamayev's actual skill set in, in terms of strategy. Um, see how he deals with with several rounds. But um, yeah, that's that's what I think would be a more exciting matchup. Yeah, I like the I think, that, fight. I think that's a good Yeah, they both stand to gain. Um, and they've both still got enough momentum that even if either of them lost against each other, they've still got plenty of momentum um, you know, to keep things in the you know, the higher end of the matchups and the matching. Mm, so indeed. I don't think it'd knock them down much. Uh, yeah. Um in, in the, the middleweight division, uh Chris Weidman kinda called out uh Israel Adesanya after Adesanya destroyed uh, a certain uh, oh, what's his name? Mm. I always forget Costa. his name. Uh, Diego Costa. Costa. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last week, um, Israel Adesanya was, as we discussed, looked impressive as hell. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do not think Chris Weidman is the guy to uh, to beat or to dethrone Israel Adesanya, but it is the fight game. And you yeah. never know. However, Israel yeah. Adesanya agrees with me because he said uh, I would squash him in a round. So mm. he kind of put that one to bed, I think. Um, yeah, but I, I actually think it would be a good fight to have because I think Weidman, he's definitely in the twilight of his career. And I think it's make or break for him. And, um, you know, for him to be calling out that fight, I think he knows that, you know, if he's going to have a chance, he has to try and jump in at a prime opportunity and I think creating a bit of a noise now to try and get a match up like that yeah I think it's a, a shot to nothing for him I think if he loses he retires and if he wins you know he, he flaments himself as a great because he he did the unthinkable to Silver Anderson oh, Silver God, so yeah. uh, I think means. if he makes makes a secondary statement against uh, yeah I just think that'd be, that'd be yeah, yeah I, I think I think it'd be a good match up why not 
They could make worse matchups. It, it'll be motivated. Yeah. I think we'll bring out the best in him. Yeah, I suppose. I, yeah. I'm not really having it, but but I'm, I'm sure it'll be a pretty good fight. Uh, looks like Bryce Mitch Mitchell is coming back soon, which I like. Look forward to him trying mm. to nail those twisters again. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to touch on Bellator very briefly, mate, um, from last night, because I haven't really seen any. Um, but uh, the Czech Congo fought. Um, what did you make of his, his performance? Because I he fought didn't Timothy see Johnson. that one. Uh, it's good. Yeah, I didn't um, see it. He lost, I could tell you that much. Um, I did watch a bit of it. Um, look, I... How can I, how can I word this? Czech Congo is basically, he's kind of got like a bit of a name for himself. He's well known. He lost by a split decision. Um, didn't think he was very good. Um, I don't think he's uh, like a world beater or a potential, you know, all-time mm. great. But he does do pay-per-view buy buys or ratings or whatever for Bellator mm. in the UK. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, that you know he will get fights. Um, it's just yeah. I think he's one of those which just needs to be matched up against the kind of the right people. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's in his forties now, isn't he? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, um, he's in his forties, but still in amazing shape. Uh, given that, um, yeah. absolutely cool guy. Uh, um, I've hung around with him quite quite a bit. He's quite good friends with Linton Vassell, and. Um, and uh, you know when we're hanging out and stuff, sometimes we'll go out for a meal, and, and he'll get in for all of us. And he, he brings everyone along. There could be like twenty people there, and um, you know he'll treat us all to a good old slap-up meal. Mm -hmm. um, proper nice, generous, fun guy, guy to be around. Always joking about, um, yeah, really positive, orientated character. Yeah, good, good, good guy. Did you um, did you catch any of the? Uh, Bellator fights. Yeah, I watched the Michael Page Ross uh, Houston fight, um, and in the first round, I thought Ross Houston was like, I thought, okay, he's got something about him here, really patient, you know, not, not rushing in, getting caught with Page's speed. But in the the second and third round, Page really impressed me with his counter wrestling, and actually ended up taking um, Houston down. Now Houston dominated that first round on the ground. Um, but couldn't get anything off because of this unusual type of hold that Paige used because of his long, slender limbs. He, he tied him up with his arms and legs and pinned in the, the side control position. So although he was underneath, the, Houston just couldn't get nothing off. But yeah. I still think the first round went to Houston. But once Paige figured it, um, Houston out and got those counter takedowns, um, he actually looked much more dangerous on top than Houston did when he was on top. Um, yeah, and he just stole the second and third round. So it weren't really the strike fest that Paige normally puts on. Um, I think people are not finding him out so much, but I think they're knowing not to rush in with him. Um, and he's not good at going forward so much. He, mm. he normally waits on someone trying to think about coming in or to actually coming in and he paps you. But mm. um, didn't quite see that from him. And I think the crowd starts, starts to boo quite often with him because I think they find it, frustrating because he makes the other opponent become a little gun shy as well and um, there could be a long standoff periods of him bouncing around and nothing really happening but when he did make something happen he was looking quite good and 
and great. He goes to 18 and 1 now. I mean, what a record to have under promotions such as Bellator. Uh, you can't you can't take it away from the kid. He's he's getting the wins. Keeps doing yeah, it. Yeah, he's stacking them up, mid. He is. He is. And and it's another guy that you know I, I spent a little bit of time with on and off. Not so much on a you know hanging out with you know all day type of scenario. But whenever I have met him and he's come to our gym before, super super nice guy. Got time for everybody. Um, you know, people get a perception of these fighters because of what they see with their persona before fights and the way they talk in the media. But, yeah, he's a good guy, man. Real good guy. Sweet. Um, I caught a little bit, or I caught the highlights of the Oliver Encamp versus uh, Emmanuel Dawa, uh, which was the main event on, or the co-main event, just before the Michael Page fight. Uh, on mm-hmm. Bellator 2-4, whatever it was, 2-4-8, which Oliver and Camp won via a Japanese necktie uh, in 4 minutes 10 seconds of the first round. What I would like you to do, mate, is, uh, I know you haven't seen this fight, I'd like you to talk me through what a Japanese necktie is. <laughs> okay. Um I'm, I'm actually going to have a little look because we're when you say there, Japanese... We're going old school, mate, like those early episodes yeah, when I yeah. used to make I'm you I'm going to look at it because I am not good with names of techniques. This is something I've never claimed to be. So when you say Japanese, I think I know what you're on about, but I'm just going to quickly have a review yeah, man, of it. Cool. It was um, the Oliver just, one, yeah? Yeah, Oliver Enkam versus Emmanuel Dawa. Because I'll, just just I'll remember to keep it. talking yeah, for the audio, uh, the audio guys. But, uh, yeah, Oliver yeah. Enkamp made, uh, been stacking up those wins in Bellator as well. He's, uh, yeah, how many fights uh, he had now? Uh, so his record before this fight was 9-2, and two, so he's 10-2 ten and, ten and, ten and two now. Um, he's 29, so he's a good age. Yes, like, a good keep age. going. You know, he's, yeah. uh, he's coming to his peak, if some would say. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, that's a good, healthy sort of, like, stats to have against your name at that sort of age uh, as long as they keep him busy and keep him in there yeah you think he's one of those guys who keeps needs need they need to keep keep active um, mm. so I'm just trying um, to just while you have a little I'll tell you what we'll do then just while you have a little a little look at that I will uh, go through the the Bellator results um, just for the the people who like to keep track. Um, so we had Bellator 248, which was main evented by Michael Page. He beat Ross Houston by a unanimous decision. Uh, Oliver Enkamp defeated Emmanuel Dawa by submission via Japanese necktie, as uh, we're about to discuss. Alan Omar defeated Ryan Scope via submission strikes. And Mads Burnell defeated Darko Banovich via TKO strikes. So uh, a lot of finishes there on the Bellator two four yeah. eight card and um it seemed like a night generally for uh finishes because there was a few finishes in the old uh ufc as well uh then there we also had the prelims for that show were basically bellator europe 10 um mm. were, so they had like they do these uh, on youtube basically so the main card it was a uh, timothy johnson defeat in czech congo via split decision uh, Saul Rogers defeated Arby Mezagdidov via submission rear naked choke. Um, and then you had the prelims. One fight which I am going to check out is Kieran Clark defeated 
uh, Jean Ndoy for a unanimous decision. Mm-hmm. I've heard that was a really good fight. Uh, Kieran yeah. Clark won 30 26, 30 27, 30 27. Um, so it mm. looks like it was quite one sided, or at least yeah. by the cards. So we'll have a look at that uh, later on, I think. But uh, talk us through it then, mate, because uh, then we'll get on yeah. to the UFC stuff. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's almost like a wrestling grip where you block the back of the head uh, and neck down, which makes it really hard for you to escape the, the setup itself. Um, then when he sits off, you sort of lace up one of the legs again, which hampers you trying to find a way out. It's almost like a side-on guillotine with your neck all crinked in. Um, it's just like one of those submissions that once it's bedding, it's nigh on impossible to escape because your head's compressed, um, your legs are laced up so you can't get access to your feet on the floor to run out of the technique, and um, and, the, and the choke, sort of, it's a choke and crank all in one. Wow. Um, it's a nasty, it's a nasty effect. It's not... Not something nice to be in. I mean, no submission is nice it to looks, be in, but it looks uh, nasty. Yeah, when you get put in something like an armbar, you you, you you can sort of like feel out how far you want to take it. But with that sort of technique, when it when it gets put on, it's like it's pretty much done. Um, with with armbars and things like that, you've got a chance of running out, picking up, slamming, and th- yeah, there's hopes sure. for you. Um, but yeah, it's all set up from like a wrestling style situation you block heavily on top of that head so they can't kick up and out of it um, it looks like, it looks like one of those through. ones is very fiddly to get out like it's very difficult to actually maneuver yourself out of it um because yeah. everything's kind of tied up isn't it yeah it's almost like um, it's a bit like uh, a concept of a twister really you, you have to start getting control of different elements of the body that spread mm. out across a wide spectrum of the body parts and then mm you're just absolutely done for it's like you're tied up with your big toe your thumb and um and someone's tying your hair to the wall it's like all your limbs are sort of tied up um yeah um yeah it's it's impressive because it goes just goes to show his wrestling transition um he sort of set it up from almost like a sprawl situation where he's like uh uh his opponent was in a total position he was like north south to him on top yeah uh, and then come round to that side to lace up the leg. It was nice. It was definitely intended. It wasn't something that sort of just fell in place. He, he prepped that up. That's clearly something that he goes for in training and he had an instinct for it for the real scenario and he pulled it off very nicely. Yes, he did. Um, but yeah, I thought Bellator put another decent show on for the bits I saw and what I've heard. Uh, a couple of yeah, weeks in a row now they've had some good shows. Yeah, because Bellator can blow hot and cold with some of their shows. Some of them like the way they do some of the shows leave you scratching your head on why they put it on at all. It, um, yeah, they do some funny and strange mashups. Um, yeah, but yeah, one, that, that that was a good that was a good one. Oh yeah, right. Um, let's get cracking on this UFC card. I'm going to focus on the main card, but uh, I do want to mention. Um, couldn't not mention it. Um, I haven't seen the full fight, but I have seen the finish, as probably as every every MMA fan in the world this morning or this evening. Uh, Joaquim Buckley scored an all-time great uh, KO finish at Fight Island Five on the prelims. With um, so kind of to talk us through it, he he goes for a, a kick, which I can't think of what the name of it is. The type of kick. Yeah, he gets it um, caught, and his foot gets caught and. He uh, basically just he kind of goes for it just to the kick which he goes for initially. It's not like a big powerful kick. It's like just a kick to the chest, isn't it? And mm, um, yeah. his Casin Casinadri 
who's his opponent, catches his, his foot. Uh, so he catches his left foot, and then as he's got his foot in his hand, he comes off the ground with his other foot and nails him with a, yep. a spinning kick with his right foot right in the in the face and the nose yep. and the jaw like the it's like the the very base of his foot connects as he's yeah. in the air um, yeah well, you don't see many less... spin kicks mate um, no you don't not hit like that, that clean do you no not when someone's elevating both feet off the floor like that because one of your legs have been Ooh. caught but and the, the, way the lesson to be learned there yeah the, the lesson to be learned there is you don't catch a kick with both hands unless it's a teak so if it's a teep and you catch with both hands, you can lift the teep up. Mm. So it creates off balance. It, it tips them back and you can actually take them down with that situation. So there's no follow-up technique. But when oh, you're okay. catching something, when they've turned the hip and you're catching it with both hands and they've turned their hips, they can rotate the other leg over. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah you, you catch with one hand and the other one's to, to, to initiate a counter. But catching a kick with two hands, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do? You know, yeah. you've got to try and run a take takedown but the only way you're going to do that is off of a teep not not a side on catch but yeah, yeah it was okay. great let's not take anything away from that kit it was so yeah, creative it was, it was beautiful beautiful it's one of those ones which will be played in all the entrance clips and the um you know it'll be played for years and years to come on it it's, uh, it's yeah, just, yeah that's just one of those ones now which is there forever um mm -hmm. very impressive brutal and the way he went down as well was uh just added to the kind of yeah, dramatic it was like, it was like a cowboy being shot in the film on the yeah, roof just and they sort of stop pause and then they they fall over <laughs> yes it was uh brutal won't do him any harm at all in terms of getting his uh you know getting his name out there and whatnot yeah so uh okay so uh first fight of the main card was uh, Yusuf uh, Zalai versus Ilya Topuri, Topuria. Um, what did you make of this one, my friend? Yeah, I mean, Topuria was really impressive um, all the way through. I mean, this guy, he wanted to put Zalau away. But what impressed me about was Zalau is his, his ability to escape those submissions, resist those submissions and still show that he was relevant throughout the match, trying to hunt for that knee knockout. I think maybe that's what went against him a little bit. Mm. Um, I know the commentators were saying that he wants to win, he wants to get a finish with his knees, but maybe he's hunting from it and it's taken away from potential other skill sets that he might have. But he, he was throwing these knees up and some of them were getting close, so they, they were good knees. But um, uh, Taboria was just hitting him with everything. He was coming in with good hands, good kicks, beautiful takedowns and that belly to belly he nailed uh Salil sure. with beautiful. very very nice and the transitions on the ground his submissions were tight really really tight but Zalil just so great resilience um and would get up and start countering both showed great cardio um i liked the way Zalil come out for that second one because he lost the first one you know quite quite conclusively and, and yeah. Zalil started trying to take uh Tuporia down um and it nearly pulled off for him, but Taporio again showed really, really good um, anti-wrestling and um, reversed the situation and started to dominate the ground situation again in that second round. Um, I really liked the way Taporio, when 
um, Zalal was really tight on his hip with a deep double, um, he switched his footwork, completely reversed it, and it mm. disconnects your arms. It makes you not be able to be taken down in that situation. Um, but the referee was being a bit harsh on him. I think it was in that second round. Um, he was chopping those elbows to the side of the head, but the ref was complaining those to the back of the head. Um, I think yeah. he was pretty close to having a point. Now, we didn't have a great angle to really see, but you know, he's really looking at the ref and looked a little confused. Now, yeah, I don't know. Maybe the ref just thought it was a bit borderline. Yeah, but um, yeah, Tapuria looked a little bit nervous to throw any more elbows in that situation. And uh, but he's had so many other skill sets to go to, it wasn't an issue for him. But yeah, just the grappling. Um, it's a one of those fights that I'll go back and have a second look at because he showed some great controls in transitions as well. Um, he's putting one hook in in the turtle position and then hooking up that shoulder, lacing up the shoulder to pull him over to take the back to get submission opportunities. Those really nice transitions. Um, I actually think he exhausted himself with trying to put this fight away because he actually started to look gassed in the latter half of the third round. And Zalil really started coming at him and it looked like, oh my God, can he start trying to create something here that can take away all the hard work that Tapuria had put in. And and Zalil, you know, he he had belief in himself uh, on the ground as well. He went for a really nice submission guillotine that looked really tight on Tapuria and I, I thought oh my god he's got him here he really had his neck buckled over um, mm. but he'd done the thumbs up to the referee he, he didn't look like he was in any trouble at all although it looked uncomfortable from the angle that I was watching it at he, he clearly was comfortable um, got out of it and continued his dominance yeah really really impressed with him his striking looked good his wrestling looked good his grappling was was incredible I'm really excited to see this guy fight again. And um, well done to Zalal, you know, up against someone as skillful. He's, he's unbeaten, isn't he, Tapuria? Um, yeah. He's continuing to be unbeaten. You know, Zalal still put up a pretty good performance. I think he'll learn from it. I think one of the lessons he should learn is that he shouldn't be aiming to win one way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, open up all to your other skills. Like I think he, he overthrew that knee, and I think he could have... Yeah, he could have put some hands in and set up that knee a little bit better, maybe, and given himself some more cleaner chances. Indeed. Um, talk to me about uh, Tom Englishman Tom Aspinall and his uh, UFC uh, yeah. debut. Yeah, I mean, he's a big, big dude as well. He's, 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 he's a like six boy. five, isn't he? He is a big boy. Um, and, um, you know... Uh, Alan Budok, I think is how you pronounce his name. You know, he, he's a, yeah, but he, he's aggressive. You know, mm-hmm. he, he comes there, he wants to overwhelm, he, he wants to come in strong, but yeah, Tom Aspinall come aggressive as well. And he, he just kept chopping that right hand, didn't he? He landed one and he kept piston pumping that right hand and every one of them was landing on Alan's uh, barnet and then done the yeah. takedown, landed into mount. And again, we say about the size, landed in that mount position. Um, uh, and Badok couldn't turn to, to Turtle to try to create a situation to stand back up and stuck on like a side position. Um, yeah. and, and that don't that don't look good for the ref because it looks like you're you're turning away but can't complete the turn to try to get a chance to look like you're gonna escape the, the, the mount position. Um yeah, he got stuck in that half position and yeah, you can't intelligently defend there. Um yeah, well done to Tyasper. I really liked his um you know, when he was interviewed afterwards, you know, he was not in any rush 
Uh, I really liked the way he was being realistic, wanting to bring too much attention to himself. He says he's got lots to still learn. Um, and just the way he was talking to Dan Hardy uh, made me think, you know what, this guy is in it for the long haul. I think he's there to stay and he's there to make waves for um, for good good years to come. Yeah, there was something about him, wasn't there, the way he was talking. It was very level-headed, very... Absolutely, yeah. Just realistic, like he didn't get too excited, too overexcited with it. Um, no. But I thought, he, you know, he did as, did as well as he could have, really. Um, yeah. You know, he couldn't have done any more. He finished him nicely. Um, and I thought, actually, these next two, three, four, the first opening three fights, actually, are the main card. Uh was kind of like three young guys hungry to make a name for themselves and, and stamp some, you know, try and get some attention towards them uh, yeah. as they try and carve out a career in, you know, the biggest com mm. biggest MMA company in the world. Um, and you had, obviously, the two guys in the first fight, uh, Tapuria and Zalail, both very impressive mm. in their own way, uh, Tapuria particularly. Then you had uh, Englishman Tom Aspinall, uh, one within a minute and a half, which is obviously an impressive way to come. And then you had uh, Drykus Duplessis versus Marcus Perez, um, with Duplessis coming in last minute um, to face a very experienced opponent in Marcus Perez. Um, and he did it, he got it done in 3 minutes 22. And I thought in that 3 minutes 22, even though he's very, very unorthodox in the way he looks, um, and his form and the way he fights, he looks really unorthodox, um, Duplessis, to me. Um, I thought his counter strikes were very, very good. Um, yeah. Several times yeah. before the finish. Yeah, yeah, um, he did okay. He was a little off balance. Um, Perez coming, they had opposite stance for, for starters. Mm. Um, and then they were really different stylistically. Um, uh, Duplessis' uh, guard was really really quite tight to his face. And then you had Perez who comes out really loose uh, with his guard, almost almost like a Conor McGregor style. Yes. Um, now, the police was trying to do his kicks, but he wasn't um, turning his hip all the yeah. way through. So some of his kicks were running short and it made him off balance a little bit. So yeah, they almost looked lazy, didn't they, those low kicks? Well, yeah, he just wasn't wasn't pivoting on the, 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 the grounded foot properly to, to get the hip into play. Maybe lazy um, is not the right word. Half-hearted, maybe, is a better way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, he, he looked off balance. So it just didn't mm. look like a natural kicker. Um, no, but he kept going from. Yeah, yeah, but um, he had a really tight defence, and I think that helped see him through to the latter part of that round. And um, Perez, when you fight with such a low-down guard, there's a possibility you're going to get tagged, and tagged is what happens. Now, <laughs> you know, he got hit, and it was curtains from the get-go. I mean, he got put down, and uh, the police followed up, and and the ref jumped in, and and that was it. But he was looking good up until that point. But he just overcommitted um, with no guard. You just, you can't really go around doing that. Not not in that weight division. Um, but bless Polisius, he was um, so excited to be there. His enthusiasm, excitement to to experience the UFC was very childlike, and yeah. um, and then you saw it as well as he pulled off the win. It, it yeah. was like it was like two Christmases in one um, <laughs> for him. Um, 
Brilliant. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the lad. Um, I think we will see him a little cleaner, a little clinical. I think he was a bit excited uh, about the whole nervous, experience. He was clearly, wasn't he? Yeah. You could see and, that. And Perez's unorthodox, difficult striking style probably made him kick a little short and made him a bit little off balance there. He must have had a lot of tension in his body. And the kid was well excited. And I think I can put some of that sort of that poor kicking technique down to the fact that he had a lot of tension and excitement in his body. Um, yeah, let's see what the kid can do when he's coming in with a, a proper bit, camp. Yeah, uh, looked in amazing calmer. shape, though. I mean, his physique was very chiselled. Um, you know, clearly trains hard all year round, keeps himself in shape. Um, yeah, you can't really yes. take much more from that fight than that. I mean, Perez got to learn a lesson there. He, you know, I think he disrespected... Oh, underestimated uh, Duplices. Yeah, I. Do you know what I thought he? Um, what he did was the first uh, couple of minutes. I thought he respected him and he was quite. He was press, trying to pressure him, obviously. Mm. Um, but I thought after the almost like I. Um, he he noticed the same thing that you did about his kicks, and then I felt like he kind of eased off and he didn't give him the same. Mm. respect that he had in the initial uh, exchanges and I think that cost him because once yeah. uh, Duplessis stopped relying or stopped, stopped going to those kicks which weren't you know for various reasons doing him any favours and and when he was relying or when he went back towards more uh, kind of hand strikes but like counter strikes so like yeah. every time Perez would go for a big shot um, Duplessis would either check it or block it and hit him back with a much better, cleaner shot. And he did that a couple of times in that last couple of minutes of the fight. And it, you know, obviously even that shot which he finishes him with, Perez kind of walked into it as he was yeah, sort of crunching yeah, down. He did. And I think that's what almost made it such a damaging shot was that he walked into a big hook right behind the ear... Yeah. Yeah, and he just went down. Um, yeah, but, um, yeah. I think I'd, I'd be interested that... to see what Duplessis could do, like you said, with a with a full camp. Yeah, and and maybe That's just right. a little more relaxed and less sure. nervous. Yeah, I, th I think and you know initially that one that hit him sort of like on the ear, slightly behind the ear. I think that one just knocked him off balance. But um, the second punch that went in actually landed on the side of his jaw mm. uh, as he was on his way down. I think that's the one that that, that put it to bed. Um, yeah, it's not much more we can really no, say about not that. Much this, you can say about uh, that one. Yeah, uh, probably got to go back to the drawing board and let's see how uh, the police uh, performs with a proper camp. Indeed. Um, so next up, would you describe this one as a, a shock? But uh, Ben Rothwell faced Marcin Tibera, and uh, with most Marcin Tibera picking up the win via unanimous decision. 29 27 29 27 29 27 did, yeah, first and I, foremost did you count this as a shock victory yeah i was i, I was surprised ben was a difficult opponent to, to to fight against he's a big lump of a guy that uh, that has really good cardio although his body don't look like he could um could uphold good cardio but he has got good cardio and he's got a really pressing smothering game he'll strike he can clinch up He's a real spoiler of your game. Um, mm. And it looked like he was going to do that at the beginning. But um, to 
Tabura was really, really relaxed. He, he was counter-striking a little cleaner than Rothwell. And I think Ben Rothwell, I think the thing, mistake he made was he, he come out the block so hard, so fast. I think the, he thought the fight was going to be easier than it was. And, and he really just kept going with that hard pace. But the thing is, he was missing a lot. He was really throwing out a lot of strikes. And, it, I mean, it made for great viewing. And mm. um, it's an amazing that these big guys can throw as many shots as they was. I mean, you would put that kind of, kind of statistical throwing of shots um, in a middleweight or lower bout. But, um, yeah, Ben Ruffert was impressive what he did in the first round, but I felt like he started to feel the pace in the second and third, and Martian Tabura started taking over. He just had a tighter, better defence um, than Rothwell and was picking his shots more than Rothwell. So, even though he might not have thrown as many shots overall, I think he was Yeah, um, oh, Danny, you've frozen. Uh, Am I frozen up a bit there, mate. Are we good? Yeah, you're back now. Just frozen yep. for a second, mate. Um, okay. Yeah, Ben Rothwell, mate. Just, I'd be surprised by his performance. Yeah, just bad felt... game plan. Mm. I, don't, I just think he pushed too hard in that first round. And do you think that's ultimately what's cost him, though? Like, you don't think that... He... Yeah, I, 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 I think, like I said, I, I really do rate him. Uh, but then again, uh, Tabura really performed I incredibly as well. So um, I just think Ben, ben Ruffle could have performed better that would have made it a much closer fight and then could have perhaps gone either way. But because he really shot his bolt in that first round, yeah, um, yeah he, he did didn't look so convincing in that second or third round. Uh, but, you know, Martian Tabura, he, he's looking better than ever. He's mm. clearly making um, improvements. He's a new kid on the block. You know, these divisions are really hotting up. They really are. Yeah, they really, they, uh, every, every division is the same, isn't mm. it? Like, yeah. I think if you look back, maybe, I know, like 25 shows ago from what we were doing, we were talking mm. about certain divisions, whether it's like the bantamweight yeah. or or the lightweight divisions being, you know, just incredible. But some of the other divisions maybe weren't quite as hot um, or as deep. But you know, Tiberius thirty-four, which yes, you know, he's coming to the latter side of his career, but he's by no means, you know, at the end of his career. I think you know he's a yeah, not in that way. Division. A highly skilled fighter, black belt in jiu-jitsu. You know, he's um, that heavyweight. Those heavyweights will go to like forty, won't they? At the end of the day, yeah, until... they can. He's got a good six, six, seven years um, if he keeps it, keeps it clean. And um, yeah, I think he can. Unless he's a young lion comes in and cleans out the division, basically, isn't it? These guys will keep going. Yeah, it doesn't seem to happen that way though with the heavyweights. It, it does seem to be these the guys in their thirties that. To sort of do better, keep going and going, mm. never ending. Um, but yeah. yeah, Ben Rothwell, you know, he, he'll he'll be back and he'll be back on the horse as such. But just yeah. got things wrong, you know, it happens, I guess. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had uh, round number fourteen ranked Edson Barboza facing uh, Makwan Amerikani. Um, 
with Barboza taking the victory via unanimous decision. Uh, some would say they were surprised that it went all the way to a decision. Uh, but the scores were 30 26, 30 27, 30 29 28. Um, mm. So those scores, do they tell the story, my friend? Yeah, absolutely. Edson Barbosa is looking incredible at this weight division. Uh, I, I mean, it's just amazing to look at his physique and think that he can get down to featherweight now. Um, incredible. Always comes with bags of cardio, bags of explosivity, um, and really honing his game. He's showing good ground skills, superb takedown defense, and he's striking. He just really picks his shots. Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised uh, Imakari got to the end of it because he was getting crunched up with that cross right hand um, and, and yeah, crunched up big. Hands. Yeah, really, really big, and yeah, I mean, he he was getting uh, Barbosa down in that second and third round with literally six seconds left on the clock, no time to work whatsoever. I think he could have, because he knew he could get Barbosa down. Why did he not try and do this in the beginning, sort of minute and a half of each round? Just try to get some some work rate off and try to try to get uh, Barbosa's fuel tank lower so that his strikes are less sharp. Um, I think trying to let Barbosa go at his own pace, he's gonna, everything's going to have full venom on it, it's going to have precision on it, and it's going to be a difficult and, and dangerous night for you. Um, someone like Barbosa, you have to press into him with the wrestling. You have to take the edge out of his game. But he didn't do it. He was doing it always at the latter end of the fight when he was already way behind on the scorecard. Yeah, so, you know, He's got to learn from that. And when you're facing someone as good a striker like that, you've got to press to try and take them down. And even if you don't succeed in that taking down, you, you, you want to hope that those attempts take that little zap of energy out and make them less effective themselves. Yeah, I was um, just having a look to see how big uh, Barbosa is. Uh, he's 5'11", but it's frightening that he's down to featherweight, mate, I've got to say. Um, yeah, because since he has done he, that, he's, he's a looked bad good. man. Bad, bad yeah, man. He's, he's looking good. He's looking good because he is a more physical fighter. So, you know, maybe in that lightweight division, there's some big lightweights. <clears throat> um, maybe he just couldn't make that physicality, you know, push through. Because, I, I mean, he is technical as well. But, um, you know, he, he does everything full force. And I think if he can force the, his physicality on someone, along with that crisp technique that he has, I think that makes him a difficult adversary to be, um, you know, opponent to beat. And, yeah, I'm excited for him. I am, yeah, I mean, who's, who do they match him up against now? It's interesting, Quite isn't exciting. it? Because Ozzy faced Dan Eag, uh in May, um, and it was like a mad back-and-forth fight, if you remember. It was really entertaining yeah. fight which went back and forth, and it was a split decision, which went in Eek's favour. Um, but this one, you know, but he was never in any danger, and he just utterly pretty much as about as one-sided as you can get without a finish. Uh, yeah. Really so sharp, so, so sharp. Um, and I know, like, Joe, Joe, Ro Joe Rogan described Barbosa as the best kicker in the MMA. Um, you know he's a big fan of his technique and his switch kicks and stuff, but I just think Barbosa just looks like he's got a bit of um, 
I don't know if you'd say excitement. There's something about him where he looks like he's got a taste for it again. Like he looks really sharp. Yeah. He looks really motivated. Um, kind of very, you know, just. I don't know. I don't know what the word is to describe it. Um, he just looks like he's bang up for it, basically. Yeah, he's um, he's looking enthusiastic. Yeah, he's looking yeah, he's very enthusiastic, and he's enjoying. He looks like he's really enjoying his experience in there as well. Oh yeah, um, mm. so I'll be interested. That that uh, UFC featherweight division is obviously one of the divisions we've talked about previously, which is just jam packed. But let's have a little quick look at the rankings. We're all right for time, so let's uh, got those UFC rankings. Featherweight, cool. Featherweight, Volkanovski right up the top, of course. Um, and that's the thing is like these divisions are so deep. Like straight away, you've got uh, someone like Volkanovski and and John uh, Max Holloway at the top. Yeah. It's kind of like that's one hell of a division. So we got uh, the top five: Volkanovski, Max Holloway, Brian Ortega, who fights next week; Zabit, uh, Korean Zombie, who's fighting Ortega next week; Yaya Rodriguez, Calvin Qatar, Josh Emmett, Arnold Allen, Jeremy Stevens, Dan Ike, uh, Shane Burgos, uh, Sadiq Youssef, who he was supposed to fight uh, this fight. But he, right. Sadiq Yusuf pulled out uh, Ryan Hall and then Barboza himself. And to me, to me, you, I think you've either got to do Sadiq Yusuf, who was supposed to be this fight. You try and mm. run that back one more time if he doesn't, he doesn't, because he's two rankings above Barboza. You know, I would dare say Barboza will go up at least one now. Um, yeah. Or you go with maybe Dan Eig again, run that back because they had a banger of a fight. Uh, um, yeah, they did, but I don't know whether you, one, you've got two, to think three, for both four rankings it, above him. He's cocking up some mileage uh, now. Mm. I, I'd I'd say just get him up there and, and and get him some some proper real opportunities. I would like Have to see him fight Zabit. Zabit, that's a big jump though. That is like Zabit. Yeah. that's number three. Mm. Uh, and but then do you know here's a fight. So Barbosa's ranked fourteen before this fight. Do you know who number fifteen is? Go on. Bryce Bryce Mitchell. Oh. Mm. Now, if I'm the UFC, Bryce Mitchell's the future of that division. You know, he's mm. young. He's yeah. on a unbelievable role. Him versus Edson Barbosa is a match that you can do like a ESPN uh what's it called? UFC on ESPN. You know, those mm. non-pay-per-view shows. That's like a co-main event for me. Yeah. You know, Bryce Mitchell versus Barbosa. I think that's a great fight. Now, I was I accept what you're saying. You know, Barbosa maybe at his age and his time of life, whatever, his time of his career, he wants to be right up there. Unfortunately, mm. though, he's ranked 14. You've got Dan Eag, who's beaten him, who's ranked number 10. Mm. How can you... You can't really justify him skipping Dan Eag when Eag beat him. Yeah. Um, but Danny, he's had these losses just recently, though, hasn't he? He's dropping back. Did he lose one? Yeah. Then you've got Jeremy Stevens, ranked number nine, maybe. Mm. Yeah. It'd be interesting what they do. But then you've got, obviously, you've got Calvin Qatar and uh, fought Danny, didn't he, I think, a couple of months back. Yeah. Um, 
Who won that? I mean, that would be a great strike fest seeing Barbosa and uh, Qatar. <laughs> Can you yeah. imagine? They're both so you had, clinical strikers. In May, May 16th, Barbosa had lost to Danny Egan, that crazy fight, uh, via a split decision. And then Qatar beat Danny Egan in July, July 15th, via a decision. So, I mean, any combination of those three. Uh, Eag, Barbosa and Qatar I think is workable you know you mm, can make, mm. make a good shout for any of that and then when you throw in like a, a Bryce Mitchell um, and then you've got other guys like uh, Sadiq and um, Jeremy Stevens. you know there's yeah. uh, some good fights in there good, especially for those kind of you know everyone wants to fight at the moment don't they you know mm. this Everybody wants to get in on the action. Um, you've got shows every week. There's these ESPN cards, which they need to get some good fights on, which are not pay-per-view maybe worthy yet. And I think mm. all of those fights that we just discussed, whether it's Qatar, whether it's Eag, whether it's Bryce Mitchell, even a Jeremy Stevens, maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. that would be lower down the card, but certainly those other ones we mentioned, all of those are you know, ESPN co-main events for me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, be interesting to see what they do. But anyway, but Edson Barboza exceptionally uh, impressive. Uh, towards the end of that third round, just after the referee uh, stood him up for inactivity, Barboza cracked him with like a, a big left hook and then he hit this body kick and you could hear the, yeah. the slap of the midsection. Mm. Um, and I just remember when I was watching it, I was thinking, yeah, his body felt that. And mm, at the end mm. of the third round of this fight, I'm pretty sure he didn't need that. Um, yeah. But Barbosa was good. Speaking of good and impressive, uh, the main event was number four ranked Corey Sandhagen versus number one ranked uh, Marlon Marias. And uh, Corey Sandhagen continued his impressive run, mate. Yeah, um, really creative striking. He works from top to bottom. He works your legs, your body, your head, and um, and he does it from different types of techniques. Um, yeah, he really puts off a display of MMA striking. Um, yeah, he, he just up gun rise and. And more importantly, took away Marias' ability to throw those leg kicks from his own leg kicks, switching up his punches, and, and just fucking Marias being able to, to chase Sanhagen down and corner him up so he could land those leg kicks. He got a couple of leg kicks through, but nothing that was going to be consequential. Um, to me, Marlon Rice has shown himself to be a bit of a one-trick pony with his striking. Yes, he has got power in his hands, but his, his ability to make them count on a regular basis is not there. He's sort of like become fearful for his leg kicks, and I think he hunts for them, but he just doesn't have the, the footwork capability and the dexterity in his striking format to be able to disguise them to make them work on a regular basis. Now he's, it seems to be found out. Mm. Um, yeah, He's not looked that convincing in his last uh, few fights, and yeah, I worry for Marlon that he may be on the way on, on the way of declining with his results and there's a new breed coming up and through yeah these fires are made they um that division is just insane as we've you know, we've is. talked we've talked about it 
before like the the level in that division is just frightening um like all the way right down the rankings to um like 20 30 it's just mm. it's incredible stuff um mm. what would you do with sandhagen uh next yeah i mean who, very who we, interesting yeah i mean who we got in that sort of top five um, so your top five you've got peter peter jan is the champion then you had yeah. marias which is you know he was number one ranked he's out of the way yeah so really should he get a shot of peter jan next um yeah Jermaine sterling is number two cody garbrandt three Corey Sandhagen four, Frankie Edgar five, Pedro Munez six, Aldo, mm. and then you you know you're down to your Murab. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Cruz. based on that performance, he's ready for anyone, literally. Um, you know, you get him in there against Peter Yang. That that'd be a fantastic matchup. I think uh, I believe Dana. I'm going off memory now, so uh, but I believe Dana White said Aljamain Sterling's getting the next shot, which he should do. Right. So, okay, yeah, that's just give fair Corey, Corey Sandhagen the the winner. Yeah. Yeah, why not? I think he's ready. They're just keeping it warm for Jack Shaw, mate, anyway, you know that. <laughs> Maybe so, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. We'll see. I still uh, I'm obviously no Brett Johns in that division now either. Which yeah. uh, is still odds to me because he was really looked like he was gonna be in the rankings by the end of the year. Uh, sure. top fifteen. He was on the brink, and he looked like a couple more wins, and he might uh, be in that top fifteen. But mm. go do what's best for your family, mate. Always, and, that's uh, right. That's what he did. Uh, but I'll be interested to see what they do with Jack Shaw actually <clears throat> over the next twelve months, because like I was just thinking about like obviously Modestus has got this big fight next Saturday with someone who's number sixteen ranked. Mm-hmm. Um, if he does the business, which we hope and expect, he's going to be, you know, into fighting people in the rankings. Um, and I see a similar path for for Jack as well. I got to be honest. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I'd like to. I like I said to you before, mate. I'd like to see Jack Shaw face some legends. Um, and there's a lot of legends in that bantamweight division. Is there? Not? There is. It's full of them. Mm. From Aldo to Edgar and many others in between. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where we go for that. Um, what do you think of that show overall, though, mate? Did you uh, think that was a yeah. good one to watch? A lot of finishes. It, it, it was, yeah. It's always nice to see some, some finishes on the card. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, There's another good one. We're being spoilt lately. I think we're gonna mm-hmm. we're going to have an expectation now. To, to always have these uh, fantastic cards. I mean, next week's banging as well. Um, yeah, I'm really looking forward. Next week, I think I've been banging on about it for like the last few weeks. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Let's do our predictions yeah. for that because, um, obviously, uh, what unbelievably, next week is Ortega, Korean Zombie. The week after that is UFC 254, which is, even though they've had some fights taken off that card, it's still an absolutely insane card with Whitaker versus Kanye, Walt Harris versus Volkov, Islam uh, Makachayev versus Rafael Dos Anjos, Cynthia right. Calvillo versus Lauren Murphy, Kutalaba versus Ankelik, Ankelelov. Um, mm. the, there's a prelim fight on that card, which shows how ridiculous this card is. 
Stefan Struve versus Ty Tuavasa is on the prelims. Yeah, I suppose I've still got that Struve because he's lost his last however many in a row, hasn't he? Yeah, but though that's just going to be a some brutality, isn't it? It's just going to be bang, mm -hmm. punch for punch, like. Um, yeah, I'd expect to see. I'm expecting to see uh, a certain Welsh fella on one of these cards. Um, I don't think there's anything announced yet, though. Um, okay, gonna pick out some of these fights for next week, mate. Not gonna go through all of them because there's some great fights, though. Um, mm. So there's a couple of uh, Namaga Madoff uh, fellas on uh, these cards next week. Said Namaga Namaga Madoff, uh, Umar, and of course Khabib all fighting uh, on these Fight Island cards. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so John Phillips is fighting Yu Hong Park uh, on the prelims next Saturday. Uh, would you do? What you? Which way would you see that one going? Yu Hong. Mm. John Phillips needs a win. Um, yeah, even he though, does. Like. We've talked about the fact they probably keep him around because he's entertaining and yeah. you know you know he's gonna give you a good fight. I do think he needs a win. Yeah, um, I just yeah, I'm not so sure. I'll go with my fellow Welshman John Phillips for that one. Yeah, uh, who else we got? I'm not gonna go through all of them. Uh, Thomas Almeida versus Jonathan Martinez. Uh, I quite. Uh, really, I think I remember I'm watching Almeida recently, and he was pretty good. Yeah, I remember. I'm gonna go uh, Martinez. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a hard one. That is a hard one. I'm I gonna go Martinez. That's opening up the main card as well. Um, and then we got uh, Jimmy Crute, a very experienced campaigner, facing the young lion. Modestus Bukaskash. I don't need yeah, to ask you which way you're going yeah, on that one. going to go Modestus, isn't it? Yeah, I'm going to go with Modestus as well. I'd be amazed if uh, he doesn't do the business, i got to be honest. But, uh, you know, it's the fight game, so you never know. But, you know, you know. Uh, Kate Lynch-Kagian versus Jessica Andrade. That will be a good fight. Yeah, this is another hard one to... Say so who's going to win here? Um, I was very critical of Caitlin Chikagian the last time she fought, um, but I'm going to yeah. actually go for her to make amends and put up a good performance. Yeah, Jessica mm. Andrade is good though. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I, I'm going to go. I'll go Jessica then. Just to let's just mix it up. Even it that is a, that's a hard one to predict as well. Some good fights though on this card. Um, mm. And the main event of the evening, Brian Ortega versus the Korean Zombie. That is so <sighs> difficult. Yeah, I'm going to go Korean Zombie. I, I just think he's going to. I think he's going to cut Brian Ortega. I think he's going to cut him up. Brian Ortega cuts easy as well. Yeah, um, I just think Zombie's good with his elbows and and knees. I, I just think, yeah. Yeah, Korean, Korean zombie mate is. Um, yeah, but he's, he's cracking he's on his. He's got now. his. Um, he's thirty-three. My thing yeah, with okay, Korean yeah. zombie is he's got to be. He's got, his head's got to be in the right place. Like yeah, some days he's turned up and he's just not quite with it, and then yeah. other days he's turned up and he looks an absolute 
you know, like a champion, like absolute yeah. winner. Um, Brian Otega, it has, it's been a while since he's last fought. He's been injured, haven't he? He had a, he had a serious, yeah. I think he was sure he had like a serious knee injury. Um, right. Let me just double check that. I'm sure he had like a bad knee injury after his last fight. And, um, yeah. That's why he hasn't fought. But he got busted up, didn't he, by um, Holloway? Yeah. Um, I'm sure he had a knee injury. But, yeah, if you remember, yeah, him and... Yeah. Him and Holloway absolutely, they went for it, didn't they? And Holloway just devastated him. Yeah, he yeah. had a he had a, a knee injury, uh, ACL, I think, or, mm. or something. But um, yeah, look, on his day, Brian Ortega's capable of beating anyone. But I just yeah, I me mean, quite look. That's coming up two years ago. That he lost for taking a lot of damage, didn't he? Over the years, Brian Ortega, and then uh, I'm gonna look for the sake of the of the show's prediction. I'll go with Brian Ortega, mm -hmm. but if Korean Zombie is uh, if he's got his focus on, I wouldn't be surprised to see him pick apart yeah. uh, Brian Ortega either. So right. it's going to be a very close fight. Very enjoyable fight either way. I'd be amazed yeah. if it's a bore fest, let's say. Yeah, I mean, I've I, I got to say, if Brian wins, I think he's going to put Zombie asleep. And um, and I, th I think if Zombie wins, uh, which is a prediction I'm going to commit to, I, I just think he's going to cut him up with sharp striking. I just think he's going to break him up over rounds. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'd expect... Over three rounds, you'd expect Korean Zombie to the 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 amount of strikes which he'll you know he'll nail and put in. You he'll put the work in, money. Um, yeah. Uh, and tonight's uh, the bonuses went uh, no surprise. Joaquin Buckley and Corey Sandhagen earned uh, the highlight reel knockouts, a little extra mm. cash. Uh, they both won fifty grand for. Instead of uh, no fight of the night awards, they instead handed out four four fighters performance of the night bonuses, which was uh, those two gentlemen, uh, plus Tom Breeze and Chris Ducasse on the prelims for their knockout. Uh, so Sandhagen obviously won with a spinning heel kick. Uh, yeah. Buckley and the one with a jumping spin kick. Um, and then you had Chris Ducascas who made short... Uh, Ducas, sorry, made short work of uh, Rodrigo Nascimento on the prelims, and Tom Breeze dispatched KB Bula in two minutes, and that was Deniston sneaking around in the back. I yes. seen him. Yeah, that was Deniston, the snorer. My God, snorting. <sighs> I'm going to have a long stick. And I'm gonna poke him every time he snores. You just gotta move him. It's either that. It's either that. I tell you what, I'll do. I'll share the bed with him, so I can just nudge him with my elbow. That'll scare him enough to not, not sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so looking forward to another show. Uh, Mr. Ben Ellis joining us next week, uh, which will be a good one. Uh, very knowledgeable chap, and always a good, good, uh, good crack to talk to. So, uh, yep, Cage Warriors fighter Ben Ellis will be joining myself and Danny next week to break it all down. And uh, we've also got a UFC fighter lined up for the week after as well. So uh, every Wednesday, 8 p.m., the Danny Batten Fight Show. 
And uh, I will end the show by saying if you are interested in partnering up and sponsoring the show, uh, particularly local businesses to the North Hamilton or Cardiff area, then uh, get in touch with us via DM or whatever and we'll have a conversation with you always. Uh, we've been doing some good numbers. Uh, obviously, some of the other shows, we've got some sponsorship and we've um, got a, a general relationship with Away Day Apparel. Check them out always. And um, we're always open to having conversations with such people. So if you're interested, get in touch. Uh, you can find all the details in the link description below. But you can also email me on uh, acenetworkcontact at gmail.com as well as all the various social media pages and uh, Danny's social media as well because, you know, he always uses social media. Danny does. And, I use my Facebook a lot. <laughs> yeah. I did see you, you've got an Instagram account again now. You've opened another one. You've got about four yeah. Instagram accounts. Just don't <laughs> use any of them. But uh, there we go. Um, yeah, guys, thanks for watching. Thanks for downloading. We'll be back next Wednesday for another show with another guest. But uh, in the meantime, be good. Don't be a dick. Defending a champion, welcome Danny Sports Social Podcast Network.